podcast is brought to you as a joint initiative between Anubhav, the National Institute of Social Defense, Ministry of Social Justice and Empowerment, and Media for Community Foundation. Producers, Kowai Vani, Kowai Care Retirement Communities. If you are a senior citizen and need help, contact our Elder Helpline 14567 between 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. We promise to help you lead a better life. I repeat, 14567 between 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. Hello listeners, this is Malati Jayakumar telling you part two of 100 and Counting, the true story of a refugee from Burma during the Second World War. The immeasurable joy of her husband's arrival and the birth of a girl child after three boys was enough compensation for all the heartache. As refugees, they had to start all over again on a clean slate. She delved deep into her memories, memories of so rich and varied, the agony of losing her only elder sister at a young age, trying her best to be more than an aunt to her six nieces, her husband's rise to success and fame as a legal divinary, her life in Shimla and in Delhi, and a total involvement with her own children. She survived a bad attack of TB and was bedridden with a gynecological problem that left her weak and helpless. Back on her feet, she continued to care for her large extended family. She thought of the occasions when she accompanied her husband to the Rashtrapati Bhavan for receptions, he dapper in a suit and she a picture of elegance in a Kanjivaram sari with flowers in her luxurious hair trailing the heady scent of jasmine and Tata's eau de cologne. That was the ultimate in perfume those days more fresh and light than all the modern ones, with fancy names and suffocating aroma. Her life was full, feeding her brood, attending the ladies' club, learning Ikebana, dealing with tragedies in her family, and trying to stretch the household money to the maximum extent possible. Time flew by. Now at 100, she found each day crawling by at a snail's pace. She had to depend on others to help her, with the routine of life. Her spirit imprisoned in an aging body. She insisted on being wheeled all around the house to satisfy her unflagging interest and curiosity in everything. She had her foibles. She was the first one to admit that, even if she did not think of them as mere foibles. She would be upset if a visitor did not pay her enough respect. Her remarks on events and people came out scathing at times, even in their presence. But at the sage, one could voice one's sympathy without fear. Her thoughts ran into one another, weaving in and out in the warp and woof of time. Faces and names floated around, some not very clear, smudged like yesterday's column. Some memories were startlingly sharp-edged and luminous. Those were always memories of Burma and early days in Shimla or Delhi, while the later days were shrouded in a mist. But hazy or clear, it was the memories that kept her going. She relieved holidays with her husband in the US and Australia, 
celebratory family functions, and yes, even gossip, delicious gossip of yesteryear, film stars, friends and family. Life without memories was not worth living, and the mind was the only place that remained totally private, shutting out the whole world to thoughts that were hers and hers alone. She forgot names of her great-grandchildren. She repeated herself and asked the same question many times. She was impatient with herself for these signs of aging, but at times refused to accept it as inevitable. She still read the newspaper from the first to the last page, but forgot half of what she had read, was still interested in politics, and her voice still rang strong and true when she spoke of women's rights. She was lucky enough to be surrounded by the children and family and to be waited on hand and foot. Her word was law. At hundred, she was a source of inspiration when, with her positive thinking and cheerfulness. When she was called a woman of substance, she thought of all the women in her family, her daughter, grandchildren, nieces and nephews, all offshoots of a huge banyan tree. Almost each and every one of them had battled with life, either a relationship gone sour, the trauma of divorce, losing a young child or a dear spouse, coping with debilitating diseases, and at times staring death in the face. And yet, none of them were depressed or bitter. She was surrounded by women of substance, and men of great courage and determination who refused to be defeated by fate's wanton blows. There was no lack of valour in the world and compared to the crippling and excruciating hardships of many women, her life had been good. The telephone rang. It was the nurse come maid who looked after her in the daytime to say that she would not be coming that day. She sighed. She remembered the girl's life story. An alcoholic father, was there even one man who did not drink, who had deserted his wife and three kids? The girl was the eldest. Her mother worked at a construction site, carrying bricks on her head. Her brother ran errands in a shop, and her younger sister was in school. Even so, the maid lot was better than that of women whose husbands beat them mercilessly or ran away with all the money. Out of a hundred women, there were probably five who were happily married. All the rest were tortured, and yet they went about their daily chores quite cheerfully. What was the source of their strength? Was it the prayers repeated 108 times, visiting temples or performing religious rituals? Maybe they drew sustenance by going into a trance, believing in astrologers who fleece them, or taking it all out on other women by torturing them. Or was it a strength born of deep-rooted anger and frustration that erupted in a volcano of determination that swept away all signs of weakness? There was no safe haven for women, rich or poor, educated or uneducated. Indian or foreign, conservative or modern, at home or outside. To survive and to be at peace with oneself, you had to be a woman of substance. Amma 
Her son's voice came from far away. She opened eyes slowly and rather reluctantly. I've been calling you for so long. You were fast asleep. No, not at all. I only had my eyes closed, she said. Hope you all enjoyed the true story. Watch out for story time and send in your views on kovaibani at kovaikare.in. Thank you. நீங்கள் ஒரு மூத்த குடிமகனாக இருந்து உதவி தேவைப்பட்டால் எங்கள் எல்டர் லைன் ஹெல்ப் லைனை தொலைபேசி எண் ஒன்று நான்கு ஐந்து ஆறு ஏழு இல் தொடர்பு கொள்ளவும் காலை எட்டு மணி முதல் இரவு எட்டு மணி வரை ஒரு சிறந்த வாழ்க்கையை வாழ உங்களுக்கு உதவி செய்ய நாங்கள் உறுதி அளிக்கிறோம் மறுபடியும் கேளுங்கள் தொலைபேசி எண் ஒன்று நான்கு ஐந்து ஆறு ஏழு காலை எட்டு மணி முதல் இரவு எட்டு மணி வரை That's all for today folks. Be safe. Fight COVID with two vaccinations. Wear a mask when you go out. Keep safe distance. Observe proper hygiene. We must win. We will win. Thank you.